welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Happy Thursday morning from the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I'm Chip Patterson, joined by Tom Fanelli and Barton Simmons. Uh, please review, rate, subscribe, share, tell all of your friends about this show because, guys, the college football season's almost halfway done. Sad. That is sad. Yeah, I didn't really even think about it until you brought it why, up. Thanks yeah, for why, depressing Why are you me. doing that, Chip? Well, oh, man, let's stay positive here. Well, I'm, man. It's going to be like a sad episode of the podcast today. I'm sitting here staring down. Uh, I'm running the math on what I need to do to climb back in the picks competition. Because while the syndicate has been doing good for the people, it was a it was a good week overall uh, in terms of our locks. Um, the lead is getting out of control. Right now, as it stands, Barton Simmons, plus 10 on the season. Hit on Miami. He won the lock fight. But as we discussed earlier, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that probably had no business being a lock. But I will take I will take the W. Uh, Auburn let Ole Miss kick in the back door. Barton drops one there. Uh, Michigan State the lock unity smashes. We all locked in at plus ten point five. Of course, they were straight up winners. Uh, Barton gets NC State. Barton gets West Virginia. And then Central Florida, unfortunately, because of uh, cancellation, early cancellation. So you are at plus three for the week, plus 10 for the season. Tom, it was a 500 week. Uh, Penn State cashed. Michigan State, as we mentioned before. Mizzou at Kentucky. All those daggone points. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, under 61. And then let us not speak of what Tulane did to Tulsa. That was <laughs> if brutal. It happened- if it happened an hour earlier than it was supposed to, should it even count? That's it's, what I'm wondering. Is that like ECU on Sundays? It's like yeah. uh, is like Tulsa before uh, eleven Central Time. It's void. Yeah. I don't think it should count as a loss. I mean, it's just <laughs> me. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, plus three for the, so five hundred for the week. Plus three for the season. Uh, Chip missed, lost on the lock fight. Uh, lost Syracuse minus three and a half. Uh, they won by three. Michigan State cashed, LSU cashed, and the Boise BYU undercashed. So, gentlemen, are you ready to lock it up? Yes. Get it going. Let's let's lock it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, you, you've got, uh, you're the week's leader, so you've got the honors. Get us started. Okay. Uh, I'd like to just state for the record this week that I came into last week very confident. I like the plays. I said that up front. Uh, this week, I'm not so confident. I don't really love the slate this week. Um, I... You know, as you mentioned, we are in in mid year at this point. I've I've got a little lead. I'm very tempted to just just take the air out of the football, just sit on it, offense this thing all the way through. Maybe go th- you know three games a week, uh, but I can't resist. So I still have more than three this week. Um, 
it's just I couldn't none of them I like more than the other and and I'm really on the a lot of the the public plays which always concerns me too so I I came into this just sort of I just sort of picked a bunch of games that almost out of a hat because I there's none I'm that confident with so I, I all that said I'll start with um Auburn LSU yeah what side are you and on is this gonna I'm be- on the Auburn side okay me too me I'm too. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> do we have a do we have a a back to back lock unity play? Mine's a lock. Yeah, mine's a lock. Oh well, now I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> <laughs> lock unities don't miss. So I'll let you guys talk it out. But I, I, my thought process is this: Auburn is a really, really physical downhill running game. Uh, LSU is a little more finesse defensively than they have been in years past. Um, and I also think the bigger issue here with this game is that LSU starting potentially three true freshmen on the offensive line. Bad recipe when you're playing Auburn, who is a top five defensive front seven in college football. I just don't see LSU being able to move the ball. Darius Guy still looks beat up. And ultimately, we've talked about it before. This is there's a there's two tiers in the SEC. It's Auburn, Georgia, Bama, and everybody else. And everybody else is not that good. And just because LSU beat a not that good Florida team last week, it doesn't mean that they're going to suddenly show up and, and and be ready to compete against a, a very good Auburn team. So I like Auburn. You know, I don't know if they blow it out, but I'm thinking 10, 11 point win. Maybe it's close for majority of the contest but I, I still like I still like the 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 Auburn Tigers here a lot of public on this side which always worries me but I, I I'm gonna roll with it I just can't bring myself to bet against Auburn in this spot yeah I'm yeah we're, go ahead we're, we're a botched extra point away from LSU possibly losing that game last week in overtime and being three and three with a oh and two in the SEC with a very different feel than it has coming off the win. I, I think that the line is just kind of giving a little too much respect to LSU, considering this is the same team that lost at home a couple weeks ago to Troy, a Troy team that got beat up pretty good by South Alabama on Wednesday night. So yeah, it's when you think of that and then just some trends to, to mention here, Auburn, it's, it's covered three straight. It is three, one and one against the spread in its last five coming off a win. And on the other side, LSU is 1-5 against the spread this season, not covering in any of its last five games. And it's 0-4-1 against the spread in its last five games at Tiger Stadium. So I feel really good about Auburn in this one. And plus, there's just that trend I've, I, just, I mentioned here a couple weeks ago about home dogs in the SEC do not perform well. Yeah, um, throw in all the shifts and motions that you want. Auburn's defensive line is going to be in the backfield within like half a second. I mean, this is this is an and I don't see uh, I don't see LSU putting together a single seventy five or eighty yard touchdown drive in this game. So I I feel great, feel very good about Auburn here. Isn't that funny how one one point win just like changes the perception of a football team? Like you mentioned, Tom. Like I mean, the, Florida hits that extra point. LSU loses that game, and it is absolute 
madness in Baton Rouge right now. And not, not, not that anybody is sort of satisfied with what's going on right now, but at least suddenly like people are feeling good. Chip, I have a question for you because you seem like after we talked to Gary, maybe you were like second guessing things, maybe going to reassess because Gary was was actually relatively bullish on LSU showing up ready to play this week. Yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think <laughs> any like like he got he got me on the LSU is going to beat Florida. He's he's right. not he's not going to get me on the. Uh, LSU is going to show up against Auburn. That's uh, this is this is an Auburn team that's peaking at the right time. Yeah, I'm with. I agree. Um, all right, so lock unity, and we're throwing it in at minus seven. Is that fair? Uh, I got six that? and a half. I'll is take, it up to? It might be up to seven this morning. I, I think it's a seven most places right now. Okay, this is important. We will yeah, take. No, that's that's a very important half point. <laughs> All right, Auburn minus. All right, Tom, uh, throw me a lock. Uh, this is this is probably going to elicit some reaction here, just based on things that I've said and felt in the past, and just how I know Chip feels about these certain kind of situations. My lock of the week is UCLA minus one on the road against Arizona. Wow! wow. Very yeah. interesting. That's a that is another ballsy play there. I want to hear this. Well. The line originally opened with Arizona as like a two, two and a half point favorite. And it, it quickly got bet. People saw that and said, OK, thank you. I'll take the points with UCLA. And it got bet to where UCLA is now the one point favorite. So essentially, you're just betting on it to win. And I think UCLA is going to win this game. It's just Arizona last week got a phenomenal performance from Khalil Tate, a quarterback who set you know, records rush, rushing for 327 yards. And that's pretty much needed every single one of those yards to get past a Colorado team that, to me, this year has not exactly been, you know, superior, at least nothing close to the Colorado team we saw last year. And UCLA, to me, I just feel like is the more talented team. It has the better quarterback. It's got better talent on offense. I think it's got better talent on defense than Arizona. And there's also just the fact that Jim Moore and Rich Rodriguez both started at Arizona and UCLA in the same season. And you think of all the problems that UCLA has had under Mora, and you think of some of the success Rich Rod has had at Arizona, except for the last couple of years. Mora's still 5-0 and against Rich Rod at UCLA. He has not lost to him yet, and I don't think he's going to lose to him this week. So I'm on UCLA minus one at Arizona. Wow. I mean, that game has a chance to be just bananas. <laughs> yeah. Like, that oh, game- yeah. Trust me. I'm terrified, but I... When I saw it, it's just, you know, you got to You got to take the, you know, you have to take your instincts. When I see that, I was like, oh, give me that. Even though it's UCLA, even though it's Jim Mora, even though it's, I don't know exactly. I don't think it's quite Pac-12 after dark. It's kind of Pac-12 at dusk. But still, <laughs> it's just, I, I saw, I was like, I've seen Arizona a couple times this year. And, I, and even though UCLA has its problems, Arizona is just not a team to me where I'm sitting there thinking it's going to beat this UCLA team. It's, it's still to me the bottom tier of a Pac-12 South, whereas UCLA is, you know, middle to upper. But do you think that there's any element to this where Arizona, and and specifically Rich Rodriguez, just found a whole new mojo to dial into with Khalil Tate at quarterback? Because that that dude is, he's, we talked about him briefly, I think, Chip, uh, on our pod earlier this week. I mean, he's an 18-year-old sophomore who's as athletic, talented, as you're going to find and you know, when Rich Rod gets one of those guys at quarterback, it's, 
it's he's pretty good. I mean, but he and he hadn't had one of those guys necessarily at Arizona. Brandon Dawkins doesn't really do it for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was just sort of a beginner's luck last week, and he has caught people off guard. But uh, I'm 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 very interested to see if there's a follow up performance this week that is also impressive, and, and whether that sort of springboards this Arizona team. The big plays in that game are going to be unbelievable. I mean, what do we, what do we like when you're going to look at the final box score and there's going to be six different touchdowns of 50 yards or more? Yeah, UCLA's, UCLA's defense has uh, has not been the most stingy on limiting big plays. I just I'm need not, UCLA I, to get four of them. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even saying I would pick Arizona. I just that that's that is just going to be lock it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll enjoy rooting for you on that one. <laughs> uh, all right. So Tom has Auburn minus seven, UCLA minus one. Chip, Auburn minus seven. And the bees, I'm going Yellow Jackets yep. plus six. Um, are you on this one too, Tom? It's it's not a lock, but it's just something I feel in my bones. Yeah. Taquan Marshall, he's gonna this is gonna be such a such an incredible test of Manny Diaz's defense because they played hard. That was an emotional win in Tallahassee. And now you're coming back home. The offense might not be able to sustain long drives with Mark Walton out, especially the first game that Mark Walton's out. Um, then all of a sudden you just, I just think that, you know, as, as great as that trio of sophomore linebackers is led by Shaq Quarterman, I mean, they're going to have their hands full because the guard box, the guard center guard, the interior of that Georgia Tech offensive line has been playing really, really well. And, uh, and, and as you're starting to look around uh, for where the potential losses are, I, I just think that this week, Georgia Tech catching Miami in this spot. Remember, this is a rescheduled game, so it, mm-hmm. it wasn't even laid out this way. Uh, yeah, I... I think the Yellow Jackets at plus six, I feel pretty good about, and uh, and they're my pick straight up. They will lock at plus six. Yeah, there's there's no worse time for Miami to catch Georgia Tech than finally getting over the Florida State hump last week, having that kind of emotional win, and now less than you know a week later, you've got to play Georgia Tech. I I just feel like this is the absolute worst possible time for Miami to have to deal with the Yellow Jackets. People coming at your legs. You're just yeah. out there for these long drives. Oh my god! Like gosh. you're trying. Think think about it. If you're if you're a Miami player, how good you feel after beating Florida State, and then practice this week, you have to completely learn something new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a, it's like okay, now we have to change everything. And you're just like, no man, I'm kind of still feeling good about last week's win. I'm not ready for this crap. Yeah. yeah. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech owes us an upset too after letting Tennessee slide. In week one, <laughs> uh, this team's—I I think this team is really good. I—I I, I picked in my expert picks. I picked Georgia Tech to win. I don't know that I feel great about it, um, but I—I I did pick, and I think this is a really good team. And if you look at what they've done so far this year, like they haven't really even been tested, with the exception of that Tennessee game, in which they really dominated that game. Like that should have been a Georgia Tech win, if not for a couple inopportune turnovers. So. I agree with all the things y'all are saying. I'd be on the Georgia Tech side, but it still scares me because I don't know that we really quite understand how good this Miami team is. I think that they, you know, there's a chance that they were able, with that win against Florida State, that just sort of gives them that much more confidence and could just sort of really accelerate them the rest of the year. 
So the game still scares me. Hey, if, I, I do like your side. If the turnover chain comes out, Georgia Tech's going to lose because that's the one thing that Georgia Tech like can do. Like if they put the ball on the ground like they did against Tennessee, um, then and let Miami hang around, then the the superior athletes are going to end up winning this football game. I think that the prediction is based on me thinking that Georgia Tech is good. You know, they like they took care of I know that Pittsburgh and North Carolina are not good like Pittsburgh and North Carolina are bottom tier ACC coastal teams but Georgia Tech handled both of them like dominated for the most part I think it was tied 17-17 with Pitt but then they shut them out in the second half um you like I don't know I'm I you know who I'm really interested to see show up uh we always talk about uh, the Georgia Tech defense in terms of being this like bend but don't break. They're a good complement. They force turnovers. Like I feel like we offer a lot of excuses uh, or at least like niceties for the Georgia Tech defense. And going up against Malik Rozier playing with some real confidence and a good Miami offense even without Mark Walton, I think that this will be a, a great moment for Georgia Tech's defense to show whether or not the Yellow Jackets are going to be able to challenge Miami and Virginia Tech in the Coastal. I it's one of my favorite games of the weekend. I'm happy to jump yeah. in on it. Yeah, I, I, it was. It's when a schedule this week without any real marquee matchups. This was one that stood out to me. But here's here's a fun trend here for you. That's one of these has to end. Okay. Okay. Georgia Tech is eight zero against the spread in its last eight games. Miami is is eight and one against the spread in its last nine games. So these are two teams who have been kicking ass against the number for the past, you know, two months worth of, you know, the last eight, nine games each. So somebody's going to have to fail to cover this one. Hey, you know what sucks is we could have seen this Georgia Tech team against UCF in that week three. Oh, that would have been a fun game. And you know what UCF is saying? UCF is mad because that's a game that could have helped them with New Year's six consideration. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. San Diego, and- San Diego State has wins against Stanford and Arizona State. They're a leader in the clubhouse right now. And, yeah, you know, whereas UCF has no shot, pretty much. As as much as that Tennessee, you know, Tennessee game looks like a, you know, Tennessee doesn't look like a great team this year. But that's more about offense. Like what Georgia Tech did to that Tennessee defense, that has has looked pretty decent this year. I mean, they hung in there with George as long as they could. Their offense just couldn't get them off the field. Um, obviously, they play well against Florida. I mean, Tennessee's defense is is pretty competent. And Georgia Tech made them – I mean, we thought we were in for a long year for that defense after that Georgia Tech game. So there's still a lot to like about this Georgia Tech offense. All right, uh, Barton, back to you. Okay. I'm going to go with the absolute weirdest line of the week. And, and and usually I just stay away from these. But, again, because this isn't a week where I had a ton of games that like I, I thought were home runs, I'm going to play it. I'm going A and M. Um, the number is what three, two and a half now. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Florida is a two, two and a half point favorite. I'm going A and M plus the points. I did a little exercise this week on Sunday, like morning. I I went through and I sort of put what I thought the lines should be uh, before they they came out later that night or on Monday, and. You know, most games I was around the number, um, you know, two points off here and there, uh, sometimes more. For this Florida A&M game, I, I was like 14 points off. Like, I thought this was a this should, should have been like an A&M, you know, favored by like 10, uh, 10 plus. 
And I was shocked to see this line come out with Florida as the favorite. And I know, like this again, Gary Daniels had talked about it with us this week. Like A&M got all the way up at home against Alabama. And, you know, that's that was a spot that Alabama came in there and was ripe for a, a letdown. And, and it happened, and A&M covered, and it was a close game in the second half and all that. But again, I go back to this, like, everyone keeps on assuming Florida's a good team. And, I'm, and, and they're just not a good team. And A&M is, is not a world beater, but they're, they have a – I think defensively they showed that they are really sound and they've, they've, they're really continuing to improve under John Chavis. Kellamond is better every single week. Christian Kirk is going to be by far the best athlete on the field on any offense. And, and they've got a pretty physical run game right now. <clears throat> you know, I, I just like A&M to win this game, and they're, they're catching points. Um, so, you know, go money line, whatever you want. But uh, I, I just can't bring myself to say Florida should be laying points to, to any upper-tier SEC team. And I think A&M right now to me, I think they look like probably the fourth best team in the SEC right now. Am I missing somebody? Like, don't they look like the fourth best team? Maybe, maybe Mississippi State. I Mississippi State looked like it for a while, but no, I would think it's Texas A&M at this point. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I like A&M here, and and if if Florida wins, then hey, I'll, I'll take that loss. But I, I'm not gonna go into this and, and sort of play the contrarian role. I, I'm gonna go ahead and go with my gut and go A&M. I hate this game. If picking it, I'm probably going the A&M direction too. I just, I, I, when I saw this line come out, I was just like, oh, I have no idea what to do here. <laughs> because I do, I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of people think Florida's better than it is. But I also wonder if simply because A&M didn't get blown out by Alabama last week, if there's the same kind of effect there where people are suddenly thinking the Aggies are better than they are too. There's potential for some overvalue there, for sure. And that, I yeah, think, that game and, was 24-3. to three. That game was 24-3, to three, and it's like, oh, you look at the scoreboard, and you're like, oh, look, it was a one-score game, but that last, like, it was it was some, some Texas A&M scores late in the game that definitely made that look uh, a little bit prettier than it really was. There's Alabama no got into the rat poison and just it slowly started. And, and but here, and here's my other thing on AM is I, I've been very anti AM to my detriment throughout this year. Like I picked uh, UCLA and, and they didn't cover. I picked Arkansas and they almost covered but didn't and lost. Uh, and so it's like uh, my losses have a lot of my a big chunk of my losses have come fading AM. But one thing I like about this team is they continue to get better. Like I, I, I see strides in this team that I don't see in, in, throughout the rest of the SEC. And so I'm going to go ahead and roll with them this week, uh, despite, again, this is second play, two for two here on being heavy public. But, um, you know, I think that this is, uh, this is an opportunity for them to prove they're, they're legit. Mm, big game, big game. Okay, Tom. Oh, man. Uh, for my next lock, we're heading to the Mountain West where we find Wyoming as a three-point dog on the road against Utah State. And I'm taking Wyoming plus the three really? against the Aggies. That's right. Is that, um, is that an anti-Utah State play or a, pl- or a pro-Wyoming play? 
A little bit of both. Okay. I you know it's. Here's the thing about Utah State. It's it's three and three, but its wins have come against Idaho State, San Jose State, and BYU. Not exactly three programs that are you know world beaters there, and it's not it's not that Wyoming is crushing great teams either. It's just. I feel like this line is overestimating Utah State a little bit because I really do think Wyoming is likely to win this game outright. And then just the fact that just some trends to back it up in its last 11 Mountain West games, Wyoming's 9-2 and two against the spread, whereas Utah State is 1-7 against it in its last eight conference games. So I look at those trends. I just look at Utah State being a little overvalued considering it's gotten crushed by teams with a pulse. I like the Cowboys a lot in this spot. Oh. Yeah, I, re- I respect the hell out of you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your picks are, they are so ballsy right now. I, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I guess maybe I still have some like. Uh, you just took some, Texas a and <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I just have whiplash from, from watching Wyoming just get just absolutely torched at home against Oregon. So I, I just, I haven't been able to like really watch Utah. the Wyoming game since. Uh, Utah so, State is not Oregon. <laughs> I know, I know. I just don't. I, I'm. I just don't know what. To, I don't know what to make of either of these teams right now. So I. Hey, but I guess, you know, one thing that I like you got to like about Wyoming is I feel like we're confident that they're well coached. I feel like we're confident they're going to be a better team midseason than they were at the start of the season, and they got a good quarterback that that should continue to sort of hit a stride. So, you know, as I think about it, I'm 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 feeling it, but. Uh, um, I, I, res- I respect I respect your picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm gonna jump in here, Tom. I apologize. I apologize to the Under Army, but I'm going NC State Pittsburgh over 55. NC State's totals in lined games: 66, 61, 50, 55, 52. Pittsburgh's totals, 64, 51, 55, 66, 63. Both teams, all games but one, have gone over 55. Um, I feel really weird about the line here. I took Pittsburgh in our expert picks. Um, I just, I think NC State's secondary is the one group that could maybe give up a big play here or there. And if you're going to take NC State to sleepwalk, I think they're good enough that they would end up winning. And so at 55, give me like a, you know, like a, a 35 to 21 or a 42 to 28 kind of win. If, if you have any faith in Pittsburgh, this is a spot where like NC State could slip up and, you know, let them backdoor cover. You know, this is that type of game NC State messes around and loses. Uh, so there's some there's some wacky potential in this game, I think, just based on like the spot and the schedule for NC State as uh, for a sort of letdown opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see this. Yeah. Going over 55 is definitely betting on wacky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just NC State's been such a strong under team. I, I, I actually I'm more confident in Pitt plus the points than I am in that over. But I mean, it's just. It's it's kind of a it's another one of those battle of uh, trends because NC State the under is eight no in NC State's last eight ACC games, whereas Pitt the over is seven one and one in its last nine home games. 
So it's it's another one of those what of these streaks have to end. I, I just uh, I I don't know here. I <laughs> I think Pitt's it's, Pitt's defense makes this over feel better. Yeah, that's the one thing that has me leaning towards the over because Ryan Finley played really well last week, and maybe this NC State offense is really starting to find a groove. It's just I don't know. I think they're starting Danucci uh, this week. What's his kid's name? Yeah, Ben Danucci. Yeah, they're starting Danucci this week. Which may not be all bad. No, I think Brown that's actually better. Yeah. I think that's actually better for Pitt's offense. It's just I don't know what Pitt's really going to do against this defense. And maybe there's the letdown at play where things get crazy. And I think that's like what you said. That's kind of what you're banking on. It's just I'm honestly more confident in Pitt plus the points than I am the over here. All right, Barton, lock me up. All right, play number three. Uh, I am also going ACC, and I'm going to go with, um, I don't know what the number is right now, 21 and a half, 22. I'm going to go Boston College plus the points against Louisville. Mm. Um, you know, I've been, I've been kind of anti-Louisville all year, and it's worked out for me. Um, you know, I like North, I like them uh, against um, oh, who did NC State? You know, won that one last week. Um, you know, I think that Boston College, they're on like a three-game or win streak against the spreads. You know, Louisville is one in five this year against the spread. Uh, I, I think Boston College defensively has the defensive line that look, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> He's going to make his plays. We talk about that all the time. But but when you've got a guy like a Harold Landry that can can make him pay for some of his scrambles, can make him pay for, for some of his um, improvisations, I think that that gives you a, a big chance defensively against him. And so I think Boston College's defense is, is going to step up to the challenge. I think that their offense against this Louisville defense that hasn't been all that impressive throughout the year – is going to get enough done and control the ball enough. I just think you're going to give me three touchdowns. I don't think that's this. I don't think that is this Louisville team this year. And I'm I'm not quite sure why Vegas isn't hasn't figured that out yet. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Boston College plus three touchdowns and a hook. So um, and I'll you know that was probably my favorite pick among these of the week. And um, I've been ready to play Boston College all year finally doing it I'm, I'm excited to settle in for ready let's go you're ready you're ready to get it a, a solo you want 60 minutes of bc football in your face That's right. boy as someone who's sweated out some bc northern illinois games earlier this year i can tell you it's a magical thing to take it all in. i, I was jealous of that of that experience you felt uh bc plus 21 and a half we're throwing it on the locks um tom do you have a fourth I have a fourth and very much out of character. I have a fifth as well. I love this. We, we got to start throwing them down. Yeah. I, hey, man, I got I got ground to make up here. <laughs> Barton's crushing us. Um, my, oh, I'll start with number four. UConn at Temple under 61 and a half. It's just that's that's a very high total for UConn and Temple, in my opinion. It is a very high total. Um, but. You know what, man? It's, Can we talk about this game? I've been, I've actually yeah. been, I, I couldn't put it on the locks, but I've been sweating this one because 
UConn 0-4 straight up and 0-4 against the spread, but UConn has hit the over in all four games. Temple 1-4 in favor of the under, uh, and of course just a horrendous offense. I don't yeah. know. I, it's Didn't Temple score a bunch of points last week on somebody? ECU, 34. ECU. Oh. It, that that, that last count. Week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I just see this as, I, I don't see this getting to 61 and a half. It's just another situation where I look at it and, I, you know, Temple's offense is awful. And while its defense hasn't really been the same kind of Temple defense that we grew accustomed to under Matt Rule, I still still don't fully buy into UConn's offense being super explosive because, you know, like one of the one of UConn's best games on offense like Temple came against ECU. And I just I don't see this one getting to 61 and a half. I see kind of a sloppy turnover ish. Nobody really wants to watch this game going on. And I, I see I mean, it's going to get to 50 something probably like I smell like 31 20 final. But right. I just think that 61 and a half is about 10 to seven points too many. So this is a bet that Temple's offense is is more bad than Connecticut's defense because Connecticut's given up what 38, 41, 49 and 70 in their four uh, FBS games and uh, and and Temple's Temple scored in their four FBS games 16, 21, 7 13 and then i don't know is east carolina even count as fps these days hey now. so hey now. so it's yeah this is this is this is something's got to give week again um and i still i still have nightmares of watching usf in the hospital uh after having that baby uh temple ucf game just <laughs> just terrifying me with that temple offense so yeah hey I'll, <laughs> anything anything under a temple involved i can live with temple yeah, temple temple's an under god pretty much it's sometimes you just got to go with what you know temple minus nine and a half is temple gonna win a game by is temple gonna win this by 10 i i don't know <clears throat> we got some I, anti-public line movement on this one mm-hmm. 12 and a half to nine and a half uh with 65 percent on temple yeah i i don't know i just i i feel much more confident in the under than i would ever feel taking temple minus nine and a half against anybody this year i've been window shopping this game for three days I, i'm not gonna pull the trigger on it i can't do it <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, that's right guys that's the game i've been window shopping and staring at and breaking down is yukon temple <laughs> you're sick. that kind of weak you're, you're twisted by the way how many points speaking of ecu how many points is ucf gonna put up on ecu this weekend oh god 50. as many as wants yeah 51 and they'll pretty much get to choose it shoot dude they, you know they uh, in that um in that game last week they scored they had a ball seven offensive possessions scored six touchdowns and one field goal yeah <laughs> i mean that team is rolling um are you jumping? Are you gonna lock them up? Are you doing the night? Just staying on the uh, UCF train? I don't know. I thought about it. I mean, I kind of want to just keep on rolling UCF and uh, and just you know take my chances. But I don't know. Thirty four and a half. It's a lot. UCU. So much. It's just. I mean, you know, they're not playing Bethune Cookman, <laughs> but they kind of are. Um, so I don't know. No, not right now. But by the end of the show, you know, if I start to gain confidence. If I'm looking, you know, I, don't be surprised if I go ahead and throw a 
another log on the fire. So <laughs> let, let's, hold off to, let's hold off to the end of the show. Something to keep in mind, too. It's like if, if UCF is up huge in that game late, they've got to go on the road for Navy next week. So it wouldn't surprise me if Scott Frost took a couple key guys out of that game in the third quarter or so. So it, that that even makes that 34 and a half, 35, whatever it's at now, spread even harder to cover. I, I'd actually love it if ECU, if I don't play it, if ECU covers this week and then that can sort of deflate the value a little bit on UCF and then I can go back to, to playing UCF the rest of the way because um, I still think that they're going to cover just about every game this year. All right, so what's lock number four, Barton? Lock number four, I'm staying uh, ACC uh, once again, and I'm going to go Florida State. Duke. Yeah, they're, they're laying seven at Duke, noon Eastern. I just think, like, so this week on, on Twitter, somebody hit me up and saying, like, I can't remember what I was talking about. I said something about, um, something about Florida State, or no, something about Florida, and and someone said, "Hey, if Florida can't beat Florida State at the end of the year, then God help us." Or something, you know, made some comment like that, almost like this is the year where everyone should be Florida State, just because Florida State is now one and three. But that's such a that's such like a misleading one and three, and. And just because they lost to a really good Miami team, a really good North Carolina State team, and an Alabama team with a true freshman quarterback throughout that, like suddenly people are acting like Florida State is not a really good team. Like they're still probably one of the best 25 teams in college football. And they've, I I know that there is an element to this where what do they have left to play for? Um, They wanted national titles. Now they don't really even have a shot at a, an ACC title. But I still think that this defense is so talented. And we saw what Miami did against Duke in the second half. Uh, I still think this offense is going to continue to progress dramatically, considering they have a true freshman quarterback, considering they have a true freshman running back that may be the most talented back in the country, one of them who just has to continue to get reps and, and get comfortable uh, I just think one touchdown, hey, I'll take that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be comfortable there. I think this is a, a game, hey, maybe it's close for a half, but I think Florida State wins this by two scores and, and comfortably takes a win because, look, they, they need a get-right game, and, and eventually that's going to pop. You think Florida State's just going to piddle around all year with the talent they've got and just sort of just survive? No, they're, they've got it. They've got a – a, a big performance in them, and I think this is the week it hit. So I'll take Florida State uh, minus seven. Are there reverse line movement on this? There's no. It, it opened six and a half, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's up to seven at this point. So um, you know, it's kind of staying staying steady. Mmm, mmm, that game. You see what the over-under is, right? Like 40, 41, 42. Oh, wow, that is a low number. <laughs> yeah. I'd take the over on that, I think, right? Oh, no, no, no. I don't no? know if, I don't know if Duke's going to score more than like 10 points in this game. And Duke's defensive line is pretty good. They're pretty good. But that, let's, not over, let's not overstate what Duke is, though. 
I'm saying uh, 21 to 10 is a likely outcome in my head. Uh, it's at 44, by the way. Uh, yeah, this is a. These are two teams I just don't trust. Period. <laughs> it's. I trusted Duck. Duck. I trusted Duke a little too much earlier this year. Got burned. I've trusted Florida State clearly way too much this year. And I've just been burned. And I see it. I, I agree with a lot of things that Barton says that backs up his pick here. Because I do, I do feel like at some point Florida State's going to start being Florida State and again. And I thought that to a large degree they were looking, you know, kind of Florida State-ish last week against Miami. They just lost on a play at the last second. So I could easily see Florida State covering this one by two scores, probably more. It's just... I don't trust either one of these teams. I mean, Duke lost to Virginia. And what does that say yeah, about Duke but, or Virginia? But Virginia might actually be good. Yeah, Virginia is decent, actually. Virginia's a three point favorite at UNC this weekend. I know. That's, yeah. Can we talk about that? Virginia is a road favorite in a conference game this week. Yep. That is the schedule that we're dealing with here, people. <laughs> I mean, if you go boat race Boise State on the Smurf turf, you get all kinds of. Uh, Good new road, uh, road vibes. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm fascinated to see, uh, how Virginia plays this week because another win and all of a sudden, like you got to start looking at Virginia as a threat, not to win the coastal, but certainly to handle loss to a Virginia tech or a Miami or Georgia tech. One of these teams that's trying to get out there and win the coastal. Yeah. I ain't touching that game. I don't. I don't think it's a coincidence that Brock Mendenhall's te- new team is four and one, while his old team is one and five. Oh yeah, you pointed that out. That was a good, yeah. good call. Um, all right, to review: Barton, Auburn minus seven, A and M plus two and a half, BC plus twenty one and a half, FSU minus seven. Tom, Auburn minus seven, UCLA minus one. What we lock in Wyoming at? Uh, plus three. Plus three, and UConn Temple. Under 61 and a half. Chip, Auburn minus seven. NC State Pitt over 55. Georgia Tech plus six and a half. And Texas, Oklahoma under 65. Big game. Too many points. Texas's defense playing well. This is a this is a principal play. I don't feel fantastic about it. But I got we got to throw some principal plays out here to try and catch up. Yeah, I I took I took Texas in the points. This was the featured game in pick six. I'm t- I'm taking the Longhorns just because this game has been so close. But I I don't have a great read on this one, especially because I mean I I have no idea what Oklahoma is anymore. It looked so good to start the season, and then. Obviously, last week it lost to Iowa State, which is no bueno. But even the week before against Baylor, it was it couldn't stop Baylor from scoring points either. So it's just this team is completely done a 180 just halfway through the season already, and I have no idea what to expect. What's your Red I, River? I, huh? What's that, what's that? Saying, what, what are your Red, Red River thoughts, Barton? Oh, you know, I actually kind of feel like I'm, I'm almost tempted to take Texas and the points. Um, I, I don't know whether I'm getting fooled or, or whether I'm just sort of caught up in the, in the momentum right now, but Texas just feels like they've got a, 
better energy about them right now. I, I really like what Sam Ellinger brings at the quarterback position. I think that changes Texas. I think Oklahoma, you know, I wrote about this in my cover three this week. You know, Jordan Thomas for Oklahoma has been getting absolutely torched by big receivers. Um, Denzel Mins put up like 192 yards and three touchdowns against him. Alan Lazard put in work, including the game-winning touchdown against him. This week, he's got to handle a six foot six, two hundred twenty-five pound Colin Johnson, who's as big a bodied outside receiver as there is in college football. Um, and Texas, just you know, Tom Herman in these spots is 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 as good as any coach in the country traditionally. And I just feel like Oklahoma is starting to they're starting to flounder a little bit. I mean, that's two straight games they haven't looked great. So I, I don't know whether like I'm 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 overreacting to Oklahoma, but I picked Texas to cover Oklahoma to win, and I'm almost tempted to pick Texas to win. I'm not making this a lock play, though I would be tempted to. I mean, I'm, I, I sort of consider it. Um, so I don't know, but I don't know about the total because Baker Mayfield. You, ever, you, you know, I never really trust him on an underplay. But I guess if I had to, if I had to pick a side, I think I would probably play the under just because of how well Texas has been playing defensively. But this is an interesting game. I'll be really excited to watch it. I think this is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be a good rivalry matchup. What about the, like, sometimes there have been time, and, you know, we've had changes at both, at both head coaches, but there were there was a streak where the outcome of Red River was not necessarily indicative of the way the season was going to play out for both teams. Like, the game almost existed a little bit in a vacuum. You know, think about Charlie Strong with his big old finger wearing the golden hat. Like, the do you think that you will be able to, you will look at this game in a vacuum or do you think that this game is a springboard or at least uh, indicative of which direction both of these teams are going for the rest of the year? I don't think that there's I don't think that the Big Twelve is like a very linear conference in terms of this their trajectories. Like I could see so many outcomes in this. I could see Oklahoma blowing Texas out and then losing two more in conference. Like I could see Texas winning this game and then, you know, losing by 35 to Oklahoma state. Like the big 12 is just such a wide open conference this year that I don't, I don't know that you can really necessarily take one game and extrapolate it out. You know, like it's just, I think it's just like a bunch of like, you know, data points like scattered all over like a, a the board i think it's just it's there, there's no predictive nature to this conference this year it's, it's hard for me to get my, my, my arms around it um i will get your get your arms around another lock what you got <laughs> all right my my version of four minute offense is five locks at least <laughs> so i'm going lock number five in the big 12 the unpredictable conference i just talked about Look, it's time. West Virginia has won me, I think, two different. Actually, no, I think I lost West Virginia in that Virginia Tech game. But it was, uh, I think maybe the line was like seven. I think they pushed maybe. Um, anyway, I, I, Virginia's done, has, has looked good when I've wanted them to. They looked good last week against CCU. They covered for me there. This week, Despite some anti-public line movement that has me a little bit concerned, this line's moved from six to three and a half with almost 70% on West Virginia. I still, 
I'm going to continue to ride them. Like, I'm going to continue to um, trust my eyes. West Virginia is a good football team. Will Greer is among the best in college football at the quarterback position. David Sills, Karan White, a lot of weapons out there. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't know if it's going to hit, like, the 78 number or whatever that it opened at, but I expect a lot of points. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I was a little bit nervous about making this play because I don't know that I've necessarily watched enough of Texas Tech to feel confident that they're, they're not actually a really good football team because uh, I think that they might be. But I just like that this number's gotten down to almost – a field goal, I think West Virginia, just, again, eyeball test. What I've seen is a, is a really good football team, and a really good football team is going to win one of these close matchups. And they're 0-2 in those close matchups with Virginia Tech and TCU. I think they get off the schneid this week in Morgantown, noon Eastern, wake-up call for Texas Tech. I, I think West Virginia wins and wins by at least – least at least a, a touchdown isn't there an argument for david sills as a, an all-american candidate at wide receiver dude's been balling out i mean like it's it's almost tough because of the long and storied and insane personal history but like when we're trying to look around uh next week for mid-season all-americans it's going to be tough to come up with four wide receivers before i get to david sills Nine for 94 and two touchdowns against Vatek. Seven for 153, three touchdowns against ECU. Eight for 130, two touchdowns against Kansas. Seven for 160, two touchdowns against TCU. That's a pretty Decent. stout. Yeah, line I mean, right that's, there. that's what I was. We were. De- I was debating it with uh, with shout out Matthew Coca. I was debating it with Coca last weekend, and I was like, I, I, I would not have thought that. Like as we were filling out our preseason All Americans, like as I was all over. Uh, you know, d- dropping some Cortland Sutton dimes and knowledge, and there's still a lot of good wide receiver play. But I just, I did not see, uh, I did not see David Sills, the fifth Esquire, performing at this level, <laughs> like having this level of production to the point where you got to take him seriously as one of the best wide receivers in the country. Good for the kid, man. I'm happy for him. You know, he's gotten a lot of heat through the years for being like a seventh grade USC commit at the quarterback position, but. Uh, didn't go quite the way he planned, but he's he's making something out of it. Wasn't there like he was at West Virginia, then went JUCO, then came back to West Virginia? Yeah, he left to go chase that quarterback dream, <laughs> and nobody bit. Uh, hey, embrace it, brother. You're a receiver. Yeah. Uh, Tom, lock number five. Uh, we're staying in the Big 12 for this lock, uh, heading to the Plains. We are taking the most unpredictable conference and dropping locks all over the place. Oh, we are, but this is there's a very predictable trend at play here, Chip. Okay. There's a certain team that is a home underdog to a top 10 team this week. Kansas State catching six points at home against TCU for an 11 a.m. local time start. We have seen this play many times, different actors playing the roles, but you do not want to go into Manhattan, particularly early in the day, as a road favorite and a road favorite with a lot on the line to face Bill Snyder and Kansas State. It seldom works in your favor. I don't know if Kansas State is going to win outright, but I feel really good about the Wildcats catching six points here. 
This is it's a principle play for sure. Yeah. And sometimes you got to rely on your principles. I know, but uh, and also I would also recommend maybe if you're listening to this, you know, on Thursday or Friday, hold off a little bit because most of the money to this point is coming in on TCU, so that you you might catch an extra hook there before kickoff on Saturday. What about uh, do we know Jesse Ertz's status? That's another thing to track. No, but I'm not even that concerned. The fa- you know what? Honestly, if Ertz doesn't play, I'm more convinced Kansas State will cover. <laughs> Uh, yeah I, I, that that's one i picked kansas state and our expert picks to cover didn't pick them to win but that's one of those that like this absolutely feels like the spot where tcu gets tripped up and yeah. and loses this game i like i don't have the i don't have the stones to pull the trigger on it but like this 100 percent feels like that opportunity here so i, I I, I really like the pick on this one. Dude, TCU still has like three games left that it could still lose. TC, like TCU is a team that we've had to consider as a potential playoff team, but this is a spot where they could lose. Um, they got to go to Norman to play Oklahoma. Mm. I don't know. I, I go to Lubbock and play Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, they this is they got to play Texas at Iowa State. I mean, I don't. This is just the Big Twelve this year, man. Like I'm telling you, this is a tough conference to 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 get out of alive. And they may not have like <clears throat> it's a much tougher road in the Big Twelve this year, for example, than the SEC. Agreed. And, yeah. You know, just in terms of like week in week out, got to be you got to have your game face on. Like this is one of those spots where. Look, TCU better not show up there just expecting to win this thing because Kansas State's – I don't care what their record is. I don't care if they're, they were 1-4 right now. Like, this is always a tough spot, but they're, they're a good team this year. I'm going to take things out to the Pac-12 for lock number five. You give me 17 and a hook, I'm going to take that bait. I love the way Washington is playing football right now, but going on the road, Pac-12 after dark – I just I think Sparky's going to be able to at least make this interesting. Washington's coming off one of its most complete performances, just absolutely demolishing Cal last week. Um, I think this is just a – I think Washington continues to win probably until the Stanford game. Maybe that's the, the first spot where there could be a loss, but 17-and-a-half, uh, um, I, like, I like my value here, taking, uh, taking Arizona State to try and – Either kick down the back door, keep it close. Um, I don't know. I just, maybe maybe not Washington's best performance late Saturday night uh, out against the Sun Devils. Like that play a lot. Yeah, and you're also you're fading the hell out of the public there because <laughs> this is this is a very he- public's very heavy on Washington. So I, I I like the inclination there just based on that. Yeah, I, and and Arizona State is not a bad football team this year. Washington has really – I mean, they have played truly the worst teams on their schedule. And every week now it gets tougher. And it starts this week. I think Arizona State's better than everybody they played. Um, and I think Arizona State – I don't know that this game's ever going to be in doubt. But, I, again, I, I think that's a – to me, that's a great instinct that it's – look, that's a ton of value there, ton of ton of opportunity if you're going to give me 17.5 points. 
with a with a solid Arizona State team. Yeah, solid Arizona State team. Uh, Washington can probably get out with the win with, at playing at like seventy five percent, and I don't think that they would necessarily. But if there's a spot on their schedule where they might not be clicking on all cylinders, late night late night game against Arizona State sure seems like it. And I think like the under is a safe or smarter play there too, which obviously helps out the plus 17 and a half leaning. All right. So are we all, we're all on the board for five. Is anyone going for six? No, uh, no, I don't think so. You were, I don't think I, I don't think I don't Barton, think I get there. <laughs> Barton's got a list of five other games. He'll consider he's sitting there looking at it. Which one of these do I want to make my six? I just, I, God, I'm so just, I just, I'm so tempted to just just play ball with UCF and just like just roll the dice and just let those guys run all over the field for me. But no, I'm gonna hold off. The, I, I do want to talk about a couple of the games that were I thought were in, interesting. One, like, what was y'all's take when you saw Tennessee favored against South Carolina? <laughs> uh, it's not the dead cat bounce, but. It might as well be since Butch Jones is essentially done. Like, this has got to be their best performance, right? I mean, is South Car- I don't think South Carolina is good enough to be truly threatening to anybody in the SEC. Well, whoa, 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 wait, what? The the SEC? <laughs> who in the SEC is good enough to like to like over? I mean. South Carolina's good enough to threaten everyone in the SEC, right? Except for the top three. Uh, no? just, you don't think you think South Carolina's like a really bad team? I don't think South Carolina's a really bad team. I just don't think that like I don't think South Carolina coming to town is any different than um, Ole Miss or Mississippi State coming to town. What concerns What concerns me is that Tennessee's starting a new quarterback this week. And that has me leaning towards South Carolina quite a bit. I mean, I know I, I don't think South Carolina is a great team, and I, you know, obviously a couple weeks ago the loss of Debo Samuel hurts, but it's just when I watch Tennessee play, I see a team that is kind of not checked out, but not all that far from it either. All right, so I, why I, is Tennessee favored then? Because I'm kind of because it, it's at home and it's in South Carolina. But I, I honestly think South Carolina wins this game. So I 11 a.m. St- Eastern or Central in Knoxville? It's uh, Knoxville's Eastern. Okay, so it's it's a noon start. Kind of just you know, eh. I think that I like I said I think the new, team's new very quarterback. Close. Yeah, I think the team. I think this is a team that's like looking for an excuse to not care anymore. Just to be honest. I mean, let's let's break down all. Everything going on at Tennessee right now. They've got a new quarterback who's making his first start. They've got a backup quarterback now that had been the starter that is that is being Probably reported out. as yeah. pondering transfer. Yeah. They've got a their best one of their best defensive linemen, arguably their best defensive lineman, and Daryl Taylor, who is suspended for punching their or kicking their best offensive lineman and Trey Smith. He fell on a helmet. Allegedly. No, that's a that's a different situation. Shy Tuttle fell on a helmet allegedly 
when that's been reported as Nigel Warrior punched he, him, he fell like, on a cleat. <laughs> like, there's how many like insane like culture problem indicators do we have here at Tennessee, and yet they're still going to go into this game favored. I didn't pick like I didn't pick one of my my locks because it's just too weird. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just thought that was I would have I would have said South Carolina is about a three point favorite rather than Tennessee about a three point favorite. I, I think South Carolina's got the better quarterback. They've got the more stable environment within the locker room. And well, that's I easy. Think, I mean, that's like Eastern Michigan. Every, every pretty like. 117 FBS teams have a more stable environment in the locker room than Tennessee. <laughs> that's that's true. So I don't know. I, I that's this is a you know who knows what's going to happen there. I but. think I think South Carolina's a savvy money line play this week if if you're going to do anything on this game. Man, Tennessee, this is brutal. It's painful. I. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick it as a lock. I'm glad we didn't have to. That's that's uh, well. Hey, here's a question: Do you think that Boise State is the last, the last tough test for Sandy between San Diego State and an undefeated regular season? Uh yeah. <laughs> I mean, after San Diego State gets Boise this week, and you look <clears throat> look at the rest of its schedule: it's Fresno, Hawaii, at Hawaii, which is always tricky going on that road trip at San Jose state and then Nevada. And you finish up with New Mexico, which could be kind of tricky for them at the end of the year. But honestly, I think for San Diego state, if they get by this one, the next real test is against probably Colorado state in the conference title game. But I do think Boise's going to cover because I, I as impressive as San Diego state has been, I think there's, a little bit too much doubt in this Boise team. It's not the same kind of Boise team we're used to seeing. It's probably not going to win its division this year, but I don't think it's it should be more than a touchdown underdog in this game. Mm. Yeah, I got... I, I got... I, I picked UNLV last week on our expert picks, and now I'm, and I, now I'm gun-shy to pick against San Diego State again. So I'm playing San Diego State this week, but yeah, that's a... That's a, that's a good game. I think, it's a good game. Oh, yeah. I think it's yeah. I think for the late night, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be a very fun game to watch on CBS Sports. On Network. On CBS Sports Network, of course. What about Michigan State uh, following up the win against Michigan, going on the road to play Minnesota, four and a half point road favorites? That was another one I was going to bring Don't up. Don't like a crazy line. Don't like yeah, this line at like. all. <laughs> I mean, I you know last we saw Minnesota, it was losing at home to Max Bortenschlager, but I just. Yeah. I mean, Michigan State won that game last week, obviously, and it worked out well for the three of us as we were in lock unity. And it works out really well for Michigan State. But when you were watching that game, did Michigan State really do anything in that game to make you say, oh, okay, this is a really good team? Started good faster. Yeah, played good defense. Yeah. Good assignment. But that offense couldn't do a damn thing. No. And if not first, you know, some John O'Corn sloppiness and a monsoon. I think Michigan State still would have covered, but I think Michigan would have won that game. And I just, I have a really hard time trusting Michigan State as a four and a half point favorite on the road. This line is at 40. Total. 40. Wow. That's <laughs> a number right there. Wow. I, this is one of those where, like, I know, the, I know, like, the sharp, like, correct play is probably Minnesota, but I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to actually 
playing it. Like, I can't bring I would, myself to actually pulling the trigger on Minnesota. I don't know that I would say it's a smart move, but I would just want to take that under for fun. <laughs> yeah, just to, you know what just I to mean? feel the burn, just to grind yeah. it. Because that is a 60-minute sweat right there. When you take <laughs> it under 40, you are sweating from the opening kickoff because – Anyone play, you're you're done. That's living, man. That's 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 out there feeling alive for sixty minutes. It's like it's like free base jumping or whatever. It is. You get you see like uh, uh, you've got it's you know Michigan State uh, you know first and ten from its own five yard line. They've just gotten backed up by a punt. And there's like the Brian Lewerke throw to a tight end. Linebacker jumps it. Looks like it's going to be an easy pick six. <gasps> and then he drops it. <laughs> yes! Oh, that's, that's what you live for. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what, what other lines jumped out? Seemed odd. We wanna, you want to talk about? I don't know about odd. The, the one other game that I almost put for my locks was uh, Utah USA. Uh, catching 12 and a half, I think, against USC. I would have played Utah had where Tyler Huntley um, slated to play, but I saw somewhere today I think he's doubtful now for Saturday. I just can't trust Troy Williams. Just a little bit too sloppy with the football, make some weird decisions. Uh, I really think Utah is still good enough to keep this a close game. I think USC is still very much the walking wounded, and they're still very much in like survival mode. If they can slowly start to get healthy – get back on a run i think they could be a really good team by the end of the year but right now i think we're in the valley for for usc still and they're still just just hanging on for dear life um i just think they're they're fortunate this week that uh, they're catching utah without their starting quarterback yeah i'm on utah i don't feel great about it though yeah that's uh that's that's a game where uh that's a game where i could see it being really really close and then troy williams turnover in the third or fourth quarter just kind of breaks it open yeah but sam darnold turnovers could do the same thing true Uh, a line that stood out to me is a little weird and hinky i didn't want to make it a lock though nebraska catching 24 at home against ohio state i think this is i mean i obviously i understand the doubt in nebraska I think we're greatly overestimating Ohio State's offense again based simply on the fact that the last three weeks Ohio State's been playing cupcakes and beating the hell out of them. Really there. And I think that to ask them to go cover 24 on the road against a Nebraska team that hasn't been good, but it's not like this is a awful football team. There's there's still players and a defense that's not they're awful still, either. So. There's still players. There's yeah. still college no, I mean, football no, players. This is, still, this is still a mid-tier Big Ten team. This is not a bottom-feeding Big Ten program. So to expect Ohio State to go on and cover 24 points on the road when I don't think Ohio State's offensive problems that we've seen against better teams have simply gone away. They've just played bad teams. So I have a hard time taking the Buckeyes to cover there. It's, it's not a lock, but I, I do feel pretty good about Nebraska in that spot. Did Tanner Lee have another pick six against Wisconsin? No, not that I recall. Okay. He had one pick. I know. But he had what? He had two pick sixes against Northern Illinois. Did Was one of his four interceptions as pick six against Oregon? Uh, yes. It was. So they lost by seven against Oregon. I guess what I'm getting at is, to your point, if, if Tanner Lee not only just stops throwing interceptions, 
but just stops doing interceptions for touchdowns, <laughs> they might be what five and one right now. Yeah, like, there's, I mean that, that's possible. I mean, yeah, this it's a team that's a few horrible, horrible pick sixes away from being good. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, the Jeff Brom train going into uh, Camp Randall and coming out with a cover? Oh, no. Oh, okay. No. I, you know, I, I can't pull that sugar. I just think that the gap there. I think Purdue, when it comes to anybody that is not Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, or Wisconsin, I think Purdue's going to cover. But against those four teams, I, I can't ride with Purdue. I think, I think the gap is still a little too significant there. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday night, Clemson at Syracuse. I could not, uh, could not keep the Cuse train running, but I think I've got it as an expert pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Syracuse too. That's just Clemson's trying to get out of there healthy. Yeah, a Friday night game on the road in that dome after a couple. You know, this is a Clemson team that's played a lot of big games already. So this is going to be what I, I just feel like. This is one of those instances where, like you said, we're just going to get our win and go home. Getting all up in that dome. Uh, All right. Anything else? Indiana? Anyone calling Indiana? (laughs) No. (laughs) I had had to write that. I I, I had to write that for our game picks, our our posts, Chip. And it's just, I tried to look for reason to take Indiana, but I I don't see it. Yeah. Vandy Vandy will miss. I think Vandy could win that one, but that's, that's a tough one to call, too. That's a tough one to watch. It will be a tough one to watch. What what ends up happening in that game when it's like, uh, is that going to end up being like Shermer's best game? Shermer's, Shermer is is the one constant in Vanderbilt. He's played well every week. It just doesn't always have guys that are willing to catch the football for him and guys that are willing to protect him. Um, if Shermer just, you know, he, he should – Ole, Miss, probably, Ole Miss's defense is very friendly to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, offensive line. They are. They're 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 a, <laughs> a friendly group. They are. <laughs> they're, they're a bunch of nice guys. Uh, yeah. So I, I think Vandy. I think Vandy wins that game, but I, not enough to make it a lock. But I, I think that's a good spot for them. Um, and then one big anti-public line move that I thought was interesting: Tulane. Even after that stomping against. Tulsa, they're only 13% of the public on them right now against Florida International. 11-point line has moved up to 13 and a half. I thought that was a weird, a weird, all, everything about that's weird. Why aren't more people on Tulane and why is the line moving anti? So I don't know. That's that's one to watch. I wanted to pull the trigger on Tulane too, but I didn't. I didn't get to catch all the breakfast ball in person. I was just watching the score tracker with my mouth agape. Uh, Aaron, this is not a pick in any way, but here's a line. We, we're talking about the strange lines of the week. Iowa State is a 22-point favorite this week. Kansas. At home, rock yeah, chalk. against Kansas. <laughs> but that's just like, wow. <laughs> what a yeah. time to be alive. Yeah. And that's still right. I still think Kansas is ripe to, like, cause somebody some headaches this year right yeah i i'm kind of yeah i'm starting again i'm just the more i think about it the more i'm really like you want to give me three touchdowns against iowa state (laughs) okay do you want to take yeah but on the flip side do you want to take kansas against iowa state plus 22 
<laughs> with Iowa State coming off of that win last week for an early start game. Yeah. And I don't I want, I want to see what Kansas is on the money line. Ooh. <laughs> while while Tom places some calls and starts to check it out on the field. Uh we we got to we got to lock them up. 5 picks each. Barton at Let's plus 10. All right. Barton plus 10 on the season. Auburn minus 7. A&M plus two and a half, BC plus 21 and a half, Florida State minus seven, West Virginia minus three and a half. Tom plus three on the season has Auburn minus seven, UCLA minus one, Wyoming plus three, UConn Temple under 61 and a half, Kansas State plus six. Chip minus one on the season, Auburn minus seven, Arizona State plus 17 and a half, NC State Pitt over 55, Georgia Tech plus six and a half, Texas, Oklahoma, under 65. And we have one lock unity alert with Auburn minus seven. Yeah. Right? And the lock, lock unities are undefeated. Unities want to know. That's right. Uh, make sure that you do uh, subscribe, review, rate, tell your friends, send suggestions. We're all on Twitter. He's at Barton Simmons. He's at Tom Vernelli. I'm at Chip underscore Patterson. Um, please let us know what you think. The syndicate is always out here trying to make you money. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and your picks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.